0: This episode contains a small amount of salty language. Listener discretion is advised. Ladies and gentlemen, it's damn interesting! It's time to do the research! It's time to sit and write! It's time to make the content of damn interesting tonight! It's time to make the music! It's time to grab the mic. It's time to make the podcast for Damn Interesting tonight. Hello, listeners. Alan Bellows here, founder of Damn Interesting. This month, September 2015, we at Damn Interesting are celebrating our 10th birthday. Because we modern humans use a base 10 numbering system... 10 and multiples of 10 naturally feel like big milestones. But base 10 is actually a pretty poor base for a numbering system, having only a few divisors — 1, 2, and 5. So when we do mathematical division, we very often end up with messy fractions. Probably the only reason we use base 10 is because we happen to have 10 fingers. 12 would be a much better base, because it has 1, 2, 3, 4, and 6 as divisors. Sorry metric system. Ancient Egyptian and Babylonian mathematicians used a base-60 system, which has 10 divisors, and it is therefore very easy to cleanly subdivide. There are lots of stories out there regarding ancient civilizations and their access to superior technology, and most of those stories are nonsense, but at least some of the ancients had a nice counting system. Their base-60 mathematics is why we have 60 seconds in a minute, 60 minutes in an hour, and 360 degrees in a circle. Anyway... As I was saying, this month is our 10th birthday. If you're a trivia person, you may be aware that the song Happy Birthday to You, despite being over 120 years old, is a copyrighted work. Subject to steep licensing fees. The song was written by sisters Patty and Mildred Hill in 1893. The rights to the song have changed hands in the century since, and it is currently owned by Warner Chappelle Music. They earn over $5,000 per day in royalties, over $2 million per year, for a song written by a pair of American sisters 27 years before women in the U.S. could even vote. So how were we able to afford to license it? We weren't. The less well-known bit of trivia is that only the lyrics of the song are protected by copyright. The tune itself was recycled from an earlier song entitled Good Morning to All, which is in the public domain. It's a bit like how the Alphabet Song and Twinkle Twinkle Little Star both use the exact same tune. And just in case you weren't aware of that, I'll pause for a moment so you can hum it to yourself. So, since we didn't play the lyrics to Happy Birthday to You, we are exempt from any licensing fees. Never mind the fact that the title of the song contains 88% of the lyrics, and 94% if your friend happens to be named Happy. It may soon be a moot point anyway. In 2013, documentary filmmaker Jennifer Nelson filed a class-action birthday suit against Warner Chappelle, claiming that the lyrics also belong in the public domain. Birthday suit... Her team found a tattered 1922 book titled The Everyday Songbook, which included the birthday song with no claim of copyright. Evidently, in those days, failing to assert copyright was the same as giving it up. If the courts decide in Nelson's favor, Warner Chappelle will be required to refund all of the ill-gotten royalties collected for the use of Happy Birthday to You since 2009. The price is wrong, bitch. All of that was true until last night. A federal judge ruled Tuesday that the lyrics to Happy Birthday to You are not protected by copyright, concluding that the Warner Chappelle music does not hold a valid copyright in the song. The decision by U.S. District Judge George H. King is a victory for a filmmaker, Jennifer Nelson, making a documentary about the history of the song. She challenged the music publisher's claim to the lyrics, allowing them to collect royalties for years. King wrote that Summy Corporation never acquired the rights to the lyrics in 1935, and as successor and interest to that publisher, Warner Chappelle does not own a valid copyright. A spokesperson for Warner Chappelle said in a statement, We're looking at the court's lengthy opinion and considering our options. Nice work, Jennifer Nelson. This special retrospective Happy Birthday to Us episode is a departure from our usual content, but we'll do our best to make it interesting all the same. We'll address some of the questions people often ask us, including disclosures some might consider downright impolite, such as the details of business contracts. But we're not some stuffy, soulless corporation. We say we and us a lot when talking about damn interesting but we're just a small, scattered group of dedicated authors helping one another create the best work we can in our spare time. And now that we've been doing this for a decade, maybe someone else can learn from our trials and errors. So here are a few things about our past and present that you might find interesting. Our irregular posting schedule may be an advantage, despite complaints to the contrary. Damn Interesting has always been an evenings and weekends project for us. We all have day jobs since Damn Interesting doesn't currently bring in enough income to make a living for anyone. This makes our posting history somewhat erratic, especially considering the unpredictable amount of time needed to research, write, edit, fact-check, record, and produce each article and episode. I often get emails and comments informing me that Damn Interesting would be better off if we posted new content on a regular schedule, even if the interval was long. But this advice ignores years of research in operant conditioning. Psychologist B.F. Skinner famously used operant conditioning chambers where various animals could be subjected to rewards and punishments, such as food pellets or electrical shocks, to determine which stimuli most successfully shaped behaviors. This research showed that rats will keep pulling a food lever almost without end if the chance of receiving the desired pellet is totally unpredictable. This same operant conditioning can be observed when humans pull levers on slot machines. Not to imply that Damn Interesting deliberately employs unpredictability in our posting schedule, just that a regular schedule would not necessarily be better. Damn Interesting was almost a TV show, several times over. A Damn Interesting TV show was one of our sky pies when we first launched the site, so we were excited when a TV producer with a very impressive resume, including work on Arrested Development and The Office, contacted us to explore the opportunity. I have a little experience in the moving picture business. I was an extra in the hit 1984 film Footloose. Yes, I am one degree from Kevin Bacon. Mr. Bacon could not be reached for comment. The producer wrote up a treatment, the word they use for proposal in the moving picture business, which would be sent to the History Channel, the Discovery Channel, and similar outlets that might want to bid on the project. Here's an excerpt from what he sent me. Example episode, intro by host, in which he explains something funny that happened to him today, but wasn't very interesting. That tees up his introduction of three stories that we'll focus on tonight on Damn Interesting. The first story is introduced and presented as all stories will be. A mixture of voiceover taken from the story articles, photos and video when available, and entertaining reenactments with creative license liberally taken. Interviews are conducted of experts and tangentially related celebrities. For example, for the numbers station's article, military experts will be consulted, stock footage of radar stations and radio towers used, and Russian comedian Yakov Smirnov will be asked what his role in the mystery was. The small but enthusiastic audience, and sometimes a particular man on the street, yells, damn interesting, at the conclusion of each story. They will also add overly big oohs and ahs to punctuate the interesting elements. Yikes. To this producer's credit, he was receptive to our feedback, and he scraped most of the cheese off the pitch before sending it out to the networks. Initial responses were positive. Producers seriously suggested Christopher Walken, Jeff Goldblum, and David Duchovny as potential hosts. But the networks all wanted to adapt the show for a broader audience. They wanted to replace much of the rigor and skepticism with irreverence, the word they use for crap in the moving picture business. I was just unwilling to lend our name to such a second-rate production, not even for potential fame and fortune. This was not the last TV producer to reach out to us, but until recently, networks all balked at the notion of respecting the viewer's intelligence. However, the trend toward trash appears to be finally abating in recent months, and there is a noticeable resurgence in interest in intelligent video content. In fact, we're in early talks with some producers right now that may lead to something worthwhile. We're cautiously optimistic. Damn Interesting has never hosted an advertisement. Intentionally, anyway. I've never cared much for paid advertising. It's such a strange mode of communication. Why should it be acceptable for me as a website owner to sell your finite attention to some self-interested third party? This is especially true in online advertising, where the third party can often track your movements around the web and use that data in opaque ways. Furthermore, advertisers tend to have an insidious influence on the content they finance, causing editors to consciously and unconsciously shy away from anything that corporate backers might find controversial. So we decided on day one that we would never finance the site with ads. At first, I just paid expenses out of pocket, but as our audience grew and our hosting costs increased, I created DAMLOAD, a system where readers and listeners can help us remain in operation in exchange for exclusive eBooks and audiobooks and stuff. So far, most months, our costs have been covered, Sure, I'd prefer it if our costs were covered every month, but you know, rats and pellets. Technically, we did have some third-party advertisements on the site in November 2008, but in our defense, we did not put those there. These were ads for illicit pharmaceuticals and online gambling that had been inserted by hackers from Russian IP addresses. They found a vulnerability in our WordPress installation and it took almost a month of troubleshooting, investigating, editing, and buttressing before I finally defeated them for good. If you run a WordPress site and you have any trouble with hackers, drop me a line and I can give you some tips. Damn Interesting has a paper book. If you're a longtime reader of Damn Interesting, you probably already know about this, but you likely don't know all the details. When we launched the site, we had plans to eventually publish a series of tasteful books. Because, for some reason, we authors have a strange inclination to see our words printed on dead trees, stacked on shelves made of dead trees, in a physical building made, at least in part, of dead trees. Sorry, trees. This plan came to fruition in 2007 when Scott Adams, the inventor of Dilbert and an author I admire, linked to one of our articles from his Dilbert blog. I emailed to thank him for the link, we exchanged some pleasantries, and he referred me to his literary agent. We put together a proposal, and within two months we had a $45,000 book deal with Workman, a large and reputable publisher. I naively assumed that Workman would respect our established brand, especially since an ongoing relationship was probable. But while we wanted a tasteful book series for intelligent readers, it turned out they wanted to make as much money as possible using methods we had always deliberately rejected – hype, exaggeration, and credulity. Unfortunately, the contract gave them final say. Nevertheless, we performed our editing responsibilities, which used surprisingly analog technology, such as huge stacks of paper drafts shipped through the mail. In the meantime, I expressed my strenuous and ultimately ineffective misgivings about the cover and title they had designed. The day that Alien Hand Syndrome was released, Jason and I sat through an eight-hour marathon session of publisher-arranged promotional radio interviews. It began at 4.45 a.m. local time. Open at them with occasional breaks to accommodate biology. My eyes, the goggles do nothing. By the time it was all over, we had given at least 28 interviews, but I lost count part way through. People often ask me how successful the book has been. It really depends on the metric. In terms of reception, it reviewed well. For instance, it has a five-star average rating on Amazon. In terms of profit, 15% of the advance went straight to the literary agency, And the remaining $38,250 was divided among the book's 13 authors, each one's share equivalent to his or her contribution to the material. So the average author share was just under $3,000. It sold about 18,000 copies, far fewer than necessary for us to earn out the advance and start receiving royalties. I hope Workman at least broke even, but I don't know. The late, great Roger Ebert evidently liked the book. He linked to it on his Facebook page. It wasn't the first time he had linked to damn interesting content, but it was still flattering. I had long admired him as an author, despite our difference in movie tastes. I had a good time looking at Footloose, and that's about all that this film is trying to be. I had good a... time. Sorry, I had a real bad time looking at Footloose. Mm-hmm. I didn't like Flashdance. I think that Flashdance was about five times better than this picture, and mm-hmm. the picture has been trying to get by on Flashdance's coattails. Speaking of the book... Jason and I did a few authorpalooza book signing events, where local authors gather at Barnes & Noble stores to meet fans. Near the end of one such event, a damn interesting fan approached us and asked us to autograph our book for him. I asked him who I should make it out to, and it was Brandon Sanderson, famed author of the most recent books in the Wheel of Time series. He was there as the star of the event. Jason had recognized him, but I had not. Sorry, Brandon we asked readers and listeners to submit questions to us to address in this retrospective. Hello, my name is Victor Reggio. I'm a medical geneticist from Montevideo, Uruguay. That's in South America. Your site is freaking great. And my question is, is how much dark matter is still in the internet? Damn interesting stories waiting to be found, photos, documents. Whenever I encounter a story that looks like a good potential topic, often some unexplored tangent in a larger story, I tuck it away in a folder on my computer and start to frame it into a future article outline. I don't have an easy way to count precisely how many individual topics there are in there, but a quick count by hand shows approximately 160. And that's just the ones I've started on. It's impossible to know how many worthwhile stories remain undiscovered, but since humans are making history and doing science more quickly than we can write about it, I don't think it's even possible to ever exhaust the supply. Hey, wow, congrats, Alan, on reaching 10 years. Time has certainly flown. I've tried to visit the site regularly and tried to keep up with all the fantastic articles. I, I remember a couple years ago when you announced the book. Quite a few of my coworkers have stolen that book off my desk and I've had to steal it back a time or two. Um, anyway, with all of the interesting stuff you have, um, I have to ask, is there anything that has ever left you stumped? Like researching and researching like 4 o'clock in the morning trying to find out how deep a story goes. Anyway, keep up the good work, and congrats on 10 years. At the risk of sounding like a cop-out, usually if I get stumped, I put it in a special folder and follow up on it later, in case more details emerge in the future. So we don't give up on them, we just postpone them. One exception, however, is the ending of Gustav Hildebrand's article, The Spy Who Loved Nothing. Short spoiler ahead if you haven't read it. At the end of the article... Robert Johnson's son stabs him to death while visiting in prison. Robert Johnson Jr. was reportedly caught and confessed, but despite long efforts, we could not discover what became of him. Whether he served time for murder, where he lived, where he worked, nothing. The fact that he was the son of a double agent leaves the question ripe for intriguing speculation, but that's about it. Here are some interesting statistics from our first 10 years. 577 the total number of posts we have ever published on Damn Interesting. This is an average of slightly more than one post per week, though this is heavily skewed by the much more frequent posts in our young and spry days. 363, the number of our articles that remain evergreen and are therefore still included in our main catalog. 526,469, the number of words we have published so far. That's a little over 13 average novels worth. If we were to print all of those words in one long line on a strip of ticker tape and stretch it into outer space, it would be a terrible waste of resources. 16. The number of hours of audio in our Greatest Hits audiobook so far. 26 million. The estimated number of humans who have seen at least one page on damninteresting.com. That's a little over 45 Wyomings nine the number of people who have made serious bids to buy the entire damn interesting enterprise one the number of undiscovered easter eggs on our site undiscovered in the sense that no one has ever emailed me nor commented about it unlike our other easter eggs six thousand six hundred and eighty the largest number of concurrent visitors on our server at a given moment this record occurred recently on the 13th of july 2015 Due to a front page post in Reddit's Today I Learned subreddit. 70. The number of random people that need to be in a room for there to be a 99.9% chance of two of them having the same birthday. You need to have 367 people to have a 100% chance of a shared birthday, but 70 is unintuitively enough for a 99.9% probability. This is known as the birthday problem. Think of it this way. It's not about the number of people, it's about the number of possible combinations of people. With three people, there are three possible pairings, A, B, A, C, and B, C. With four people, there are six possible pairs, A, B, A, C, A, D, B, C, B, D, and C, D. With five people, there are 10 combinations and so on. With 70 people, there are over 2,400 possible combinations of people, hence the high probability that two share a birthday. 72. The number of Wikipedia articles that currently cite or reference a damn interesting article as a source. Zero. The number of Wikipedia articles about damn interesting. Damn it. There were a few other statistics that I was hoping to come up with, but I couldn't compute an acceptable approximation. For instance, the number of teachers who have used our material in their classrooms, the number of advertisers who have asked to buy ad space on damn interesting, and the number of spam comments our server has deflected. The best I can say for any of those is, a lot. Hey, everyone. This is Josh and Chuck from Stuff You Should Know, the podcast. That's right. And uh, we just, a little bird told us it was a very special birthday. <laughs> <laughs> Where's the birthday, boy? Where's damn interesting? That's right. So uh, we want to give an official birthday. Uh, a shout out and thanks and congratulations to... Damn interesting. For ten wonderful years of classing up the internet. Absolutely, it's one of my favorite sites. Uh, it's an inspiration, and um, I think we're birds of a feather. So um, you know, it's good to good to see quality content on the internet, especially at a ten-year anniversary. How about that? Yep. So, Alan and company, keep up the good work, and congratulations. <music> We hope you found this peek into our past and present at least moderately interesting. .com. Thanks to all of you who have read and listened and commented over the years. And super thanks to all of the donors who have helped us keep the lights on. Hello, this is Roman Mars. Congratulations on being damn interesting for 10 years. And now that you're in your double digits, approaching your teens. I expect you to become fucking interesting. And then maybe when you hit your 20s, you'll settle down a bit, become damn interesting again. And then when you're in your 30s, you might realize that having a potty mouth gets you nowhere. Thanks for everything you do and for just being damn interesting all the time. Damn Interesting is still an after work and weekends project, but we recently upgraded our download system to support recurring donations. My hope is that we will eventually accumulate enough small, repeat donors that I can safely retire from freelance web development, essentially my second job, which would more than double the weekly number of hours I can spend on Damn Interesting. So if you want to see more frequent content from us, the best thing you can do is become a recurring donor. It's a cumulative effect, so even if you can only offer a tiny amount per month, it's a tiny step in the right direction. Happy birthday, Damn Interesting. This is Rick Daniel from Birmingham, Alabama. I listen to your podcast while flying over the southeast in a small airplane. You guys make my day. Thanks. Hi, um, I just wanted to say thank you for making the audiobooks. Um, I grew up listening to uh, dramatizations of movies and um, also because we had no cable television back then. Um, So the audiobooks were really perfect, and um, it just made me feel like I'm home again. Thank you so much. Happy 10th birthday to you guys. I wish you all the best from Riyadh, Saudi Arabia. Hey, this is Greg from New York. Thanks for giving me 10 years of being damn interesting. You've told me a lot of interesting stuff to think about. That's interesting in itself. Hello, damn interesting. This is Monica from Utah. Wishing you a very happy birthday. Hi, this is Simon. I'm the guy who does the voice stuff for Damn Interesting. I just wanted to leave this message to say what a pleasure it's been to work with Alan and everyone at Damn Interesting. Over the last few years, uh, I haven't been there since the beginning, but over the last few years, it's been a real pleasure to work with the website. And a big congratulations to Alan and the team for reaching 10 years. Thanks. Okay. Hi. Hello. And I have been a subscriber of this website for the past like three or four years. And it's an amazing website, which was amazing stuff. And from the bottom of my heart, I would like to wish this website a happy 10th birthday. Thank you. I would like to dedicate this episode to Greg Bjerg, our good friend and damn interesting author who'd passed away in 2011. We've had a lot of authors come and go over the years, so I'm reluctant to name names lest those omitted feel slighted. But to those of you who have helped Damn Interesting become the odd sort of success it is today, thanks for sticking around. This episode was written, narrated, scored, and produced by me, Alan Bellows. The music at the top was a parody of The Theme of the Muppet Show, originally written by Jim Henson and Sam Pottle. The vocals for that song were also provided by me, Alan Bellows. So stupid. The tuber rendition of Happy Birthday to You was by Peter Opascar of tubapeter.com. To Josh and Chuck of the podcast Stuff You Should Know, Roman Mars of the podcast 99% Invisible, and our readers and listeners who sent in audio greetings and questions, thanks for giving a damn. You guys are the cat's pajamas. If you ever have any comments or questions regarding the podcast, go to damninteresting.com speak for information on how to contact us or just email podcast at daminteresting.com, or send a tweet to at damninteresting. Aside from donations to help us remain in operation, the best birthday present you can give us is to leave us a review on iTunes and to tell your friends about us. You know, word of mouth. This was Damn Interesting. I hope.